What's up? Yeah. Good morning, church. We're so glad that you guys are here this morning. Uh, we're going to go here and ready to worship. Also, what's up to my people online? Um, but if we want to go ahead and just gather our hearts in the same motion and the same heart for worship. You guys ready? All right. Are you guys ready? Okay. Yeah. Sing this is. This is the day that you and me whatever comes I won't complain for all my hopes is in your name and now your joy awaits my praise I give things before you enter and I will sing of your singing love i 
to go into the good stuff. Uh, well, you guys want to hear a funny joke? Do you know who the best fisherman was? Jesus. Uh, I stole that joke from uh, my guy Dylan on the drums over there. We were hanging out one night and he just busted it open. We all started laughing. <laughs> But it got me thinking about, about when Jesus called out to the fisherman, telling him to throw the net on, from one side to the other. And you just imagine going out all night, not catching nothing, no fish, no reward. You come back empty-handed, and the sun comes up, and some dude is telling you, hey, why don't you just try catching your net on the other side? You know how pissed I'd be? <laughs> I'm like, bro, I've been working all night. You're going to tell me I got to do this one thing and I'm going to get fish? It's funny because that's exactly what they did is they threw them down the other side and there was too much for them to bear. Maybe that's where you're at this morning or maybe that's where you're at online. But maybe the Lord is asking you to throw your net onto the other side. So if that is you this morning, will you throw your net on the other side? Will you submit to him? Will you just say yes to his word? Will you say yes to what his promise is? So, Father, we thank you. God, we are so grateful that we get to be here and worship you, that we have a building to come to, to be with you. Father, would you sink our hearts together, God? Would, would we just be here to, to worship you and only you? In Jesus' name, amen. Sing can. You can't go back to the beginning. You can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where you you come, will you meet me here again? It's all I want, it's all you are, will you meet me here again,
praise you this morning, God. You have been faithful. God, you are good. God, you are moving and doing what you want to. So, Father, this morning, would that be prominent in worship, God, and in, in the sermon. And so, Father, would you speak your word this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, all right. You can give a little praise. Bro, right now at this moment, usually we talk with each other, but instead um, we got some announcements videos. So if you guys want to go ahead and look at the screens. Good morning, Grace Church. We are so excited that you guys are tuned in. Whether you're online or in the room, welcome. We're so pumped that you guys are here. Um, we're going to continue with our heart of worship, and we're going to move into tithes and offering. And I just want to remind you guys that we are giving back to the God who gave it all. We're giving back to the miracle worker. We're giving back to the one who moves mountains. And I just want to remind you um, why we're giving. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we love you so much, Lord. And we recognize, Lord, how amazing you are, Lord. And we don't just trust you, Lord God, with the spiritual side of things, Lord God, or the mental side of things, Lord. We trust you with the physical as well, Lord. We know, Lord God, that you can take the little that we have and you can multiply it, Lord God. So would that be what you do, Lord God? Would, would what we give today, Lord God, affect our city for years, Lord God? Would you um, help families in need, Lord God? Would you be the one, Lord God, to take what we don't believe would actually make a difference and make a huge difference? In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Well, we've got some events coming up. Come on, we're so excited about that. We have a women's event coming up, and you know what? We got a special guest to share about that. Matina is gonna tell us a little bit about that. When I first started at Grace seven years ago, I didn't want to go to any women's event. I was new to the church. I would identify myself as an introvert and socially anxious. And one of my friends, we would text each other uh, to say, hey, there's this women's event coming up, are you going? And we try to convince each other to go because as much as my heart desired to be there, I just couldn't get myself to go. But you know what's interesting? More events I went to, the more comfortable I became with our sisterhood, which I think is what allowed me a few years ago during one of our women's events to speak out to one of my sisters, something that I had been wrestling with for a really long time, something that I had been working through with the Lord, um, but I'm telling you, there is something powerful about speaking it out to another person. Sometimes where that final chain needs to be broken over something, to have somebody else speak truth over it and into it, to pray with you, to stand alongside you. And so now, anytime I have a chance to go to a women's event, I want to jump at it. Um, there is just beauty in being with other women, being in the presence of the Lord and building community together. Wow, along with our women's event, we also have a men's event. And who better to talk about that than AJ? AJ's gonna tell you guys a little bit more about that. Hey, Grace family. I just wanna take a minute and share with you some of the reasons why I love going to Grace men's events. 
been going to them for almost 10 years now, and I can tell you every single one I've been to has held a special place in, in my life and in my walk with Jesus. You know, being able to share time with other men of God that are in this journey together and realizing that none of us are perfect. We're all trying to live a life uh, just loving and serving Jesus. And the great thing is you get to do that in an environment that is fun, it's safe, it's comfortable. Maybe it's bowling, maybe it's frisbee golf, maybe it's a men's retreat, maybe it's men's breakfast, maybe it's game night. So many different options, so many different ways to connect with the other men at Grace. I really encourage you to check out not only the upcoming men's breakfast, but also the other events we have planned for the rest of this year and next year. You know, now more than ever, we need each other, we need community, and we need to be invested in each other's lives. Hope you guys uh, go to the next one. I hope to see you there. We're so excited to be able to share these events with you and talk with you. Now let's get your notebooks out, your Bibles out to hear the word from Pastor Paul. Hey, how you guys doing? You guys doing good? Anybody excited that it's uh, it's fall now? October's hit. Still feels like we're in March, but you know now uh, this is the. This is the time of the year that I always look forward to uh, before the really cold sets in, uh, but the first day you get to wear a hoodie, you know? Uh, and, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, I'm from California, and so this, uh, you know, when, when you're allowed to wear a hoodie, kind of, uh, it's a little bit more flexible in here. It feels like you can't really wear a hoodie until it actually gets cold. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I feel like some people, like, judge me if I'm, if I'm wearing a hoodie and it's, like, still 70 degrees, although I just, I just want to wear a hoodie sometimes. And so now I feel like I officially get to wear one without any judgment. Uh, I mean, none of you guys would judge me for that, but uh, other people. I'm talking about other people. Well, last week, uh, Pastor Omar uh, finished up our series, Engage, which has just been awesome. I don't know if you guys have uh, uh, gotten as much as I have out of that uh, but um, the, today we start a new series, and we're, it's going to be in the book of Jonah. And I don't know if you guys are the same way, but I remember the first Bible story that I ever heard as a kid. The first one that I remember hearing. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes uh, it's tough to take your attention off of goldfish crackers and coloring uh, books. Uh, but there's something about a story about a man getting swallowed uh, and then vomited up by a big fish. Uh, that for the six-year-old boy and me, uh, I'm in. This Jesus thing, I'm down for. This is the, this is the first time I felt like uh, church is my home. And uh, I want to read this book because there's got to be more interesting stories like this in it. Uh, so it's, it's very, it, the book of Jonah is very special uh, for me. Uh, it's also special for me because I feel like it's one of those books that, um, where, where the traditional kind of story ends, you know, where we, we, we've kind of heard the tale of Jonah many times. Um, but just like a movie that you know that after the credits, there's going to be some interesting stuff, that that's going to be the thing that you talk with your friends afterwards about. You know, you feel like every once in a while you, you go see a movie and the movie is great. Um, but then you sit through the credits and, you know, all the other idiots leave that are going to miss out on the cool stuff. Uh, and then you see that one little nugget of something that's interesting that's coming up in the future. Uh, and that's the part that you want to talk about afterwards. And, and I feel like that's the book of Jonah. We know the traditional story that happens at the beginning. But there's so much content uh, that, that's just so, it's, it's just like these like hidden nuggets 
uh, that God has for us. Once we get past, you know, the beginning, all of the CGI uh, events of the movie itself. So we're going to be digging into that today. But first, let's uh, let's bow our heads and pray. God, God, we're just so thankful. Together, we get to to gather together. That we get to um, be together, whether it's online or in person. That we get to come together as a community of faith and and grow closer to you and to hear about how you've called us to be, God. The challenges that you've called us to, God, help us to to. God, to, to, to listen to what you've spoken through the life of Jonah and help us to apply that, God. God, because you're calling us to great things. And God, we want to be equipped and we want to be ready for what's ahead. God, would you open our hearts? Would you open our, our ears to what you have for us this morning? In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let's start off in chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of, of Amadi. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So every book in the Old Testament, the first chapter, I feel like we got to talk about the historical context uh, that's going on. Uh, besides butchering words of places that I know aren't pronounced uh, that way. But, uh, but Jonah is a prophet of Yahweh, the God of Israel. And we're in a time uh, where, there's, where every civilization, every nation has many gods. And this, this nation of Israel has one God, Yahweh, that they serve. And, and as a prophet of Yahweh, Jonah is the conduit between God and the people. That when there's encouragement, when there's correction, when there's direction, Jonah is the one that hears from God and then talks to his people about it. So, so talking to people about what God has for them is not something that's new for Jonah. He's done it all his life, and he's comfortable with it. But I don't know about you guys, but any time that I'm needing to talk to people that I know, like all of you guys, like I don't, I don't particularly like getting up in front of a bunch of people and talking about things. Uh, but when I'm with you guys, it's like I'm just with my family, and so it's somewhat comfortable, right? But then there's times where we are called to go outside of our communities or, or, or the people that we're used to or maybe people that we have some authority with that we know will, will at least listen to us a little bit, uh, we have to go outside of those to, to people that don't look like us, that don't talk like us, that don't believe the same things that we do, that we don't have that, that relational equity built in to where we, we know to, to a certain point they'll, they'll listen to what we have to say uh, before deciding whether or not they want to follow that. And, and this is the situation that we run into to Jonah. All his life, he's, he's, he's been talking with the same people. He's been, he's been called to serve the same people, his people. The people that, that he contends for, the people that he prays for, the people that he loves. And for the first time, God's called him outside of his circle uh, to a nation that, that, frankly, he and all the other Israelites do not like. Uh, Nineveh was the, the, was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. It was, it was huge in scale, and just as, 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 as huge in scale as the size and the amount of people 
uh, and land that this, this city covered was, was the depth of depravity that was held in this city. I mean, it, it, as far as like on the, on the, the scale of, of, of horrible people at this time, Nineveh would be the last place you would want to go as a servant of Yahweh. It would be the last place that any Israelite would want to be. They were a sinful, murderous, violent group of people. And there were a lot of them. And so it's easy to see why, why Jonah in this part is hesitant to leave his state of comfort doing what he's, he's gotten good at, he's gotten comfortable with, to have to go to this other group of people. And so Nineveh is to the east, and so Jonah goes to the, the port of Joppa and gets a one-way ticket as far away to the west as he possibly can. This is like if God's calling you to Portland and you, you go up to SeaTac and you get a plane ticket for Maine. Like there's, he's not taking the scenic route to there. He's not just, you know, uh, hitting up some, you know, national parks and he'll eventually get to Nineveh. He's an open act of rebellion against what God's called him to do, which is, which is just crazy to think that, that someone's life, their, their occupation, everything that they've built up to this point has is, is been in service and obedience to God. And this one thing is the thing that doesn't just slow him down, but that, that actively propels him away from his calling and everything that he's uh, considered his identity up to this point. And we ask, why Jonah Waran? You know, it's, it's easy to, like, think that maybe it was just the fear that, that held him in this place where he was hesitant to go. We know that, that Nineveh would not be the safest choice for him, but but it's also it's also possible if we look at the fact that this group of people might have been someone that Jonah didn't really want to see the same blessings that came f to his people to them. I think there's something about our our, our heart for justice where where we want to see wickedness punished. It's it's. It's, it's God's heart that those people would be reconciled. But for us, sometimes the straightest line between, you know, wrong into right is just that the wrong would be extinguished, right? That we would just kind of like take that off of, of the plate. We wouldn't have to worry about that anymore. I remember in the sixth grade, we had this bully that terror. I was in a small, small school in a small town, and, and we didn't really, like, have to deal with bullies really ever. It was kind of this weird thing in sixth grade. This one kid moved in, and I won't say his name, although I really want to because he had a really cool bully name, you know? This guy was, like, uh, everything you would assume a really good bully in elementary school would be. And, and I just remember just, like, hating the fact that he was in my life, you know, five days a week at school. And I remember one Sunday morning in Sunday school, as the class is starting, in walks this guy to Sunday school. I was amazed that he made it past the threshold without God striking him down, but, but he was in my Sunday school class. I remember the whole time just thinking like, man, the one thing that I had over this guy was that I was going to get to go to heaven. God's going to save this dude, right? You know? 
Well, but in the same way, I feel like it could have been possible that Jonah's having this struggle too. He's, he's watched God provide for his people his whole life. He's, he's watched God come into times where, where um, the nation of Israel has been sinful and he's called them to repentance and he's pulled them out of these situations that they've been in, out of slavery, out of captivity, out of hunger. Jonah knows what God's capable of doing, and I think possibly he understands what's going to happen in this scenario. And Jonah's not running from Nineveh because Nineveh isn't on wheels. If we're asking ourselves, like, why is Jonah going in the opposite direction? My, my response sometimes when, when, when someone's asking me to do something I don't want to do, I just don't move. You know, I might get busy doing something right where I am. And put that on the back burner, right? Uh, but there's something different about the fact that, that Jonah's not just sitting comfortably where he's at. And I, I think that's because he's running from something that's there where he's at that he, he feels like he can't get away from. You know, we, we would consider that believers, uh, people that, have, um, that we've accepted Christ of our Lord and Savior, we would, we would say that's the Holy Spirit inside of us convicting us. Right, that gnawing feeling that we get, that we, that we can't escape when, when we feel like God's calling us to something or asking us to do something. And, and sometimes we, you know, we, we might try to uh, just avoid that voice. We might sometimes try to uh, just make more noise you know, so we don't have to think about that or, or, or feel that burning anymore. And then, and then there's sometimes where we, we run away from it. We put dist more and more distance between what God's called us to do and, and where we currently are. Because at some point, maybe we think that, that, that if we run from what God is wanting us to do, God will lose interest in pursuing us. That, that God will, will find someone else to do the job. That, that God will, will, will give up on Jonah in this circumstance and he'll, he'll move on to what plan B is. Because certainly for something the scope of, of saving the nation of Nineveh, God's going to have a plan B. And he does. In verse 4, we continue, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All of the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us that we will not perish. See, I got to travel like to, to Tarshish over there to get the water. This is just a little bit of like a, a visual example for you guys that I just put in there. So, so Jonah joins the, the long list of people trying to outrun God, right? I mean, we've seen it since, since the Garden of Eden where, where there's something in our minds as humans, even if, though we know God is omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's, he's all places, he's in all things, that we feel like our, our first instinct is to hide, you know? It's just like the kid that, like, thinks that he, if he puts his, his hand over his eyes, if, if I can't see you, you can't see me, and... And for some reason in our minds, we convince ourselves that that's the case. But, but we see as, as Jonah is waking up, things have escalated to a point that they weren't previously when he rested his head. I, I, don't, I don't really enjoy waking up uh, to escalated events. Like it kind of like, I'm not a morning person. I need, I need time to kind of like ramp up 
to, to get to the point where I'm like super coherent. But every once in a while, you know, as a dad, you know, something happens and you kind of have to flip the switch, right? Like things are going on and, and all of a sudden you're just like trying to like bring in information to like make a rational decision on what to do next. Uh, and it's the sailors that are freaking out at this point. And I don't know about you guys, but, but I've, I've had many cars in my life that I've had personal relationships with where we kind of speak a certain language. You know, it's like the sounds that they make, I understand what they mean. You know, there's like the older sounds that, you know, I'm not worried about because there's been enough time where, where I've, I've understood that like nothing bad has happened yet. It's like pre-existing conditions that I'm not super worried about, but then like a new sound you will come up, you know what I mean? You'll just be driving all of a sudden like, well, that's a different pitch. That could be something. Haven't seen that light come on before. I don't know what that symbol means, but I'm sure it's not good, you know? <laughs> the cars don't get better over age. Uh, but in the same way, in the same way that like I, we have a relationship with our cars and knowing how below the E we can get before danger is approaching, Sailors know their boats. And, and these sailors, man, they are the long-haul truck drivers of the sea. These guys are going from one end of the nautical known map to the other. So they've been through storms. They've, they've, they've experienced those times where the, the boat is, is stressed under waves, and, and they know the sound of the, the sails uh, during high winds. And, and normally, you know, I love being in a situation where I'm getting scared, but the guy that's, like, been through it before is, like, we're fine, you know? Like, when you're on a plane and, like, the, the stewardess, like, the, the flight attendants are, like, still giving out drinks when, like, it feels like, you know, you're kind of in one of those, like, fair rides, one of those carny fair rides. Uh, there's something comfort that it gives me that knowing, like, yeah, they seem fine. I should feel fine, too. Well, in this situation, we see that these sailors, the ones that, that should understand when things are normal and when danger is approaching, this is that time. And it's amazing to me that Jonah is able to sleep through this, that there's not something inside that, that, that was keeping him from being able to, to go into this state of sleep. I, 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 have, I have a good dog and I have a bad, well, I have a good dog and I have a naughty dog, right, at home. The, the, the puppy, it's like, it's just a puppy. She's, the, she's a sweetheart and I love her too much to ever like, you know, send her out the door like for good. Uh, but every once in a while she decides that um, the lawn needs to be aerated so she'll dig a little hole or that she wants to understand like how shoes are made so she'll deconstruct one uh, downstairs in her little like secret spot where no one can see her. And when she'll come upstairs and she has this thing where it's just like, you can t she's like, it's like the first time she's ever walked, you know, where it's kind of just like this slinky, like trying to be super stealthy, but it's the most awkward thing in the world. And, and she just can't get comfortable anywhere. She can't really sit down. And, and when she does sit down, like her eyes are just fixed on you and like darting back and forth. And, and there's that, that sense of guilt, and we've all felt it before, right? When we know we're, we've done something, we're in the process of doing something that we're not supposed to, and, and, and that's what keeps us up at night. So it prevents us from acting normal around our family, around our friends. That there, there's something that, and and there's, there's something that God's put inside of us 
that makes it that way because that's our sense of knowing when we've crossed the line, right? When we've gone too far outside of the boundary markers and we're swimming in open waters where it's not safe anymore. But for some reason, Jonah is able to fall into this, this state of sleep. And we see that it's his heart that's just hardened. We see that, that the man that once was, was a vessel for God working through him, that there's something that Jonah's done that is just rejecting that voice altogether, that's, that's turning off that switch, that's, that's actively decided that the thing that you've asked me to do is not what I want to do, so we're not going to continue in this relationship anymore. And we can see that his decisions are starting to affect those around him in a negative way. But besides the point that Nineveh's over here, you know, over 100,000 people are getting ready to be destroyed by God. Besides that fact, you've got a couple people in a boat that are about to die, all because of Jonah. And if, that alone would, again, make me change the, the progression that I was doing and maybe rethink some decisions that I had made in in my life, they say, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. I had a question. I was like, did we read that last verse? Uh, but I think we did. Um, uh, but in this time, we see... Uh, Jonah, there's something that Jonah is doing where, where the, the normal reaction that we would hope that he would, he would respond to, he's callous to. And in verse 7, it says, Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots and find out who is responsible for this calamity. Calamity is a good word when you're about to die, right? It's a calamity upon us. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? What, from what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to make to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. And if I'm a sailor, man, Jonah doesn't even finish his sentence. As soon as he gets to the part where it's like, throw me over and everything's good, man, he is, he's halfway to the, to the side of the deck at, at that point. And it's interesting to see how the sailors respond uh, during this time uh, that the people that you would think would be the first ones uh, to, to act for themselves and not really care what happens to anyone else, like just out for their, their own lives, uh, but they're hesitant to make that decision. And it's Jonah who we see is the contradiction of who he says he is. Jonah is, is, is letting them know uh, who he serves and, and what and what he's called to do, and, and the irony of, of him serving the God uh, who made the sea, and yet he chooses a boat on the sea uh, to actively run from that God is, is kind of interesting. Um, but I, 
I can understand why Jonah would be in this predicament because I feel like we get into that so often. You know, we'll, we'll have someone that asks us why we did something that was wrong. Uh, and the knowledge of, of them knowing that we serve God, that we consider ourselves Christian, is, is this kind of layer that adds to it uh, of, 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 of guilt and of shame uh, that sits on us. You know, it's, it's one thing for a sailor to, to, you know, to do something wrong, but, it, but for a prophet, for, for a man of God to be making poor decisions, this isn't who he's, he's advertising himself to be. The struggle is we, we too have times where our actions don't reflect uh, what we profess. And it doesn't mean that we stop believing, Right? I mean, that's, that's what I, sometimes I don't understand. It's like the thought process that I go through of like, you know, my, my opinions on, on who God is and, and, and what right and wrong is and, and morality and, and these things. Like, those things don't change based off of what I'm doing. I, I understand where on the spectrum I am uh, in relation to, like, what God's called me to be doing and, and how obedient I am in those situations uh, but there's something inside of us that, that's still that sinful nature that's still struggling against that. There's this, this pulling that, 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 that when we're in what God has called us to do, there's just this, this uncomfortability, there's this friction that, that still continues. And Jonah's response, like it, at this point, I'm assuming that he's going to call out to God. Now, this is the stage where you repent, right? I mean, like, I don't know if we've been in that place where, where we realize we're way in over our head, and the first thing we need to do is, like, ask for help, right? You know, like that, that time growing up where you realize that now is the time I need to make the call to my parents. Like, I, I remember I was spending the night at a friend's house, and we were out rollerblading uh, in the middle of the night. Uh, rollerblading is, like, this thing that was cool back in the 90s. Uh, I guess it's not cool anymore uh, today. Uh, but, um, and I broke my leg. And, uh, and I was having that moment where, uh, you know, I pull it off the, 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 the boot off of my foot. And, and you know, my leg, like the, my ankle turns into the size of my thigh, you know. And, like, um, I have two of my friends are, like, looking at it. And, uh, and I can't see it at the moment, you know, but I can tell by their eyes, like, uh, what's happening is not a good thing. Uh, and I've never experienced uh, pain like that in my life to that, that point. And I remember them saying, uh, we got to call your parents. And there was a part of me that was resistant to that because there's something about when you actually need to call your parents and it really becomes real. You know, like, until that point, you still kind of have options on, on what you can go about doing. And there's still time to, like, fix it. Uh, but there's a time where, where, we, where we say, you know, God, uh, the situation that I'm in right now is beyond uh, my capacity. I realize that I've, I've sinned against you. I've, I've, I've not done what you've called me to do. Uh, and at this point, I would like to go ahead and repent from that and hope that there is a way uh, that you would take me uh, back into your will and we can kind of just like wrap up uh, this situation. Um, but Jonah doesn't do that. Jonah's in that, at this point, really even saying a whole lot of anything besides like uh, who he is and, and, and saying, maybe the best thing for you guys to do is just throw me overboard. And I don't know if, if maybe at this point he still thinks his only option 
other than doing the thing that God has called them to do that he will not do is for him to die. That the last, the last resort that he's, he's come to, and it's, it's, he's, he's so far against uh, obeying God and submitting to, the, to his plan that he's willing to die for it. And instead of throwing him over, the sailor's response is this. The men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And traditionally, this is kind of where we start wrapping up the Jonah story, right? I mean, like, you know, maybe this is kind of like near the extent of what you know about the story of Jonah. And, and, and chapter 2 is great because that's when, like, we get to, like, talk all about, like, how gross it is to be in the belly of a fish and, like, getting puked out on land and all of that kind of, you know, like, it's probably not good for your hair and stuff like that, like that bleaching. It's like he's, the, Jonah was the first guy that had frosted tips, you know, or, like, you know, highlights in his hair from, like, being in the belly of the fish. Um, but this is normally where we, where we kind of like uh, take the moment we start talking about obedience to God and, and as Christians what we're supposed to do. And we kind of just move on from the book of Jonah. And like I was saying before, this book has got so much good stuff that happens after the action is over. After what we, what we look to and we see as, as what we'd probably think of the, the main story of Jonah. And and I was, like, getting ready to, to, to start building the message. And I was talking with Omar, asking him, you know, like, what? You know, like, okay, so for the next three uh, messages, uh, what, are you, what topics are you going to be covering? Because part of me is kind of like, you know, maybe there's a way that I could, like, take something that's, like, not going to get covered, one of these cool components that, like, I like to kind of chew on. Like, I'm an analytical guy, so I kind of like the, the com- more complicated issue. You know, I want to talk about those things. I want to like, you know, put it in some context with other biblical parts and, and show like different parts of the story, how that's all working together. And, uh, and just, you know, the story about obedience to God, it's, yeah, it's to me, it's kind of like the, uh, the message equivalent of flossing, right? It's like going to the dentist and, you know, having that situation with the person where they like, ask you if you've been flossing and they know you, if you have or not. I mean, like, you know, they're seeing everything inside of your mouth more than anyone ever has. Uh, but they still ask you the question. And it's, it's kind of one of those things. Obedience is like, uh, to me, it's always one of those things where it's like, you know, I kind of do it when it works for me, you know. I floss when it's like, you know, the little, like, sample strips that they send home with you. And, like, the next two days, you're, like, really good about it. Even though, like, flossing to me still feels like riding a unicycle. Like, I don't think I'll ever, like, be good at it or, like, you know, look cool doing it, you know. Uh, but there's something about obedience that just is not very interesting because we either do it or we don't. We either have to, 
to look at the importance of, of what the act is and, and take it for, uh, for that value and, uh, and, and want to pursue the reasons why God calls us to be obedient. But the problem is that obedience is one of the most uncomfortable things we can do as humans. It's against everything that, that as, as we grow, we're, we're taught to make decisions based off of what's around us, that's in our best self-interest. We have these, these instincts, right, that help us decide what the best thing to do is. We have motives that help dictate what we decide to do. And then we have families, and then we start having to make decisions based on what's best for the family and and we get a job, and, and, and maybe we're put into a position of authority where, where people depend on us, sometimes for their lives. And we get to the point where we're really good at weighing uh, what the situation has and making decisions based off that. And based on our own self-interest or, or based off of the priority list that we have attached to that. And we don't always, in the moment of obedience, understand the purpose that's behind it. And as I was, like, building this sermon and, and trying to, like, uh, skip over uh, just this, this simple topic of obedience to, to talk about some of the more weighty, interesting uh, things later on, it, I just kept, like, coming to the point where, like, nothing made sense. Like, nothing was congruent. Nothing was really, like... Uh, seemed like it was on this, this uh, you know, analytical timeline. Uh, and I felt like God in that point was, was showing me that there's no way to, to skip this stage to get to the results of his purpose. There's no, there's no, there's no way that we can uh, just avoid and take the scenic route around obedience and around surrendering to him. To be able to still get to the, the stuff on the other side that's the stuff that we want to be involved in, right? Like, God, like, help me just get to the fun stuff. Like, uh, you know, society, like, we, we enjoy uh, taking whatever uh, parts of our lives seem mundane uh, or, or inefficient and finding new ways uh, to speed up that process, Right? How do we just get past, you know, one of the greatest movies uh, ever made, Adam Sandler's movie Click, where, where his whole life is, you know, spent fast forwarding. And then all of a sudden he realizes that, uh, that everything in those, uh, those building times is what, what the main stuff about the, his, his life was, right? Don't go back and watch that movie. I don't even know if it's like on anything, but, you know, it's a typical Adam Sandler movie. So you're, you're not missing anything. Uh, but the story of Jonah is unique. The, the book of Jonah is unique as a, as a book uh, of one of the prophets. And, and most other the books written about the prophets, uh, the, the message is about what they are called to speak to someone else, to the nation of Israel, like other people involved. And the book of Jonah is all about Jonah. Jonah is the message. Jonah is this, this stand-in that we have uh, in, in a way that we can put ourselves in, in, a, in a person's shoes and ask ourselves how we would respond to this situation. And we get to, we get to see how God responds uh, to someone that, that makes the same decisions that a lot of us do, makes the same mistakes that a lot of us do in times and 
And so we get this opportunity at the beginning of, of this sermon series, and, and, and I'm excited. Uh, I, the next three weeks are really where the good stuff's going to come in. Like if there was one Sunday that I would say you could miss, it would be this one. But since we're already most of the way through it, like, uh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, anyone watching, uh, de- you know, delayed, if you were on vacation this week, like you, you just chose uh, wisely on that. So I, I would say that really, really, really try to, to be here or be online for the next three messages. Because I believe that God has some things that he wants to do inside of you. Some, some, and I know that we say that a lot at church, right? We just say like, hey, like, come because God's going to change you. And, and a lot of times we, we look back over the last four months or whatever of, of time spent in church. And we're kind of like left with this like, man, like what? Like, did anything happen? Like, Oh, like uh, there were some interesting points uh, that the the pastor brought up, or I enjoyed hearing about those stories, or or uh, you know maybe there's some like life lessons that I can kind of learn and and find ways to uh, apply. But but the, if the component of us uh, submitting to God and and to uh, to not just retaining information but allowing Him to transform us isn't happening. We miss out on all of the work he wants to do. We, we get to the end of a certain period of time, and, uh, and, and we look back at it, and we just say, like, man, like, I, I wish that maybe I had put a little bit more attention into this. Maybe, maybe at the end of that time, you're, you're, I don't know about you, but, you know, there's a lot of things that I went into this, like, season of COVID, um, kind of being excited about, like, having more time to focus on. Like, or having more of intention, really, to, like, uh, dig into and, 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 and asking God, like, okay, God, how are you going to take a circumstance? And how are you going to, like, make something out of it that would, that would bring glory to your name, that, that, would, that would progress me, that would bring me closer to you, that would make me a better husband or a better father or a better friend? And, and sometimes we get to those things and, and we realize that, that man, like, I, I didn't engage enough in those times, and I didn't, I didn't sacrifice enough of what I wanted to do to, to leave God room to fill in that space with what he wanted to do in me. And I, and I think that, uh, that this Sunday, God is, is, is reminding us that, that we can't skip this stage. We can. You know, sometimes God lets us sail the Tarshish, Right? Sometimes God lets us run away from him, and, and, there's, and there's not that moment where the storm comes up. Sometimes God doesn't, doesn't weigh on us as heavy, and we, we feel comfortable enough to just kind of tune him out or, or, or to maybe just um, uh, allow uh, the, the noise to kind of like, uh, you know, just, like just become white noise, you know? Like the Holy Spirit inside of us, like, you know, it's like, you know, the, the car sounds that you kind of just get used to, you know, that you know aren't the way. It's like that's not how an engine's supposed to sound. But I, I'm not running into any trouble right now, so I can kind of just handle it. And we're going to run into some things that we're going to have to wrestle through. There's going to be times where when we get to Nineveh, it's as hard as we thought it would be. 
when I when I uh, we had our first uh, child Noah, um, you know, we read a lot of book. Well, my wife read a lot of books and gave me the cliff notes. And, you know, like, watched a lot of videos on, like, okay, like, what it's all going to entail and, like, the best way to, like, you know, like, have a baby and try to sleep train all that stuff. And, and there's something in our minds sometimes where we think of if we're expecting things to be bad, it won't be as bad. And, like, uh, how many of you know when you have a kid, like, it's as bad as you thought it would be? I mean, like, there's a reason God gives us this love for our kids that passes all understanding because, like, at some point you would tap out, you know? But sometimes the thing that God's calling us to is going to be as difficult as we think it's going to be. And I, I think that the, the reason why God calls us to be obedient and to, to lay down our own will is because there's a certain point where, where we're not going to be able to do it on our own. That, 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 that there's, there's something that happens when, uh, when we look at our, our skill set or our abilities and, and, and we say, God, uh, this, is the, this is coming to the end of my rope. And the thing you've called me to do is, is outside of, of, of what I'm capable of or like the level of my authority or influence or my resources. Or God, I, I don't understand how this next stage is gonna look. And at that point is, is God saying, yes, that's why I'm calling you to be obedient. If, if this was something that I knew that you could just do on your own, like it wouldn't take any act of submission to me. Like it would just be something you would do, right? which I believe that there's things that God puts in our lives that it's like, you know, we can just go ahead and do that, you know? It doesn't, like, take us, like, a storm for us to realize that, like, we should just love the people around us, you know? Like, without any type of, like, need of reciprocation or, like, justification of why we love them. It's just, like, we love them because he first loved us. But, but there are going to be times in our lives where we're going to be faced with, with something that, that we want to see what the purpose is before we say yes to because we know it's going to cost us. We know that the route that we're going to need to go or the, the, the destination is going to be something that's going to involve sacrifice for us. And it's not going to be comfortable. And as Christians, man, like we love comfort. We love feeling like we've gotten to the point where, where Jesus loves us and we're heaven bound. And we can kind of just like hang out in our clubhouse and just like run out the rest of the clock. Enjoy the blessings God's given us. And just kind of be comfortable. And I know that the times in my life where God's called me to things that I didn't want to do is the times I've been the most comfortable. The times that I've just been happy where I'm at. And I would say to God, like, God, like, I, I don't want to do what you're calling me to do because, like, I like what I'm doing right now. Like, you, you've called me to this, right? I mean, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And God says, through submitting to me, I will show you the purpose that I have. And I think that we, we, we see in, in little bits when we're being obedient, we get to see the little snippets of what God's going to do at the end of the picture right now. And there's this line that I just kept, kept getting, getting choked up about it because like, uh, I, kept, I kept going back over into it. And the line is, maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish and I was thinking about these guys that are, they have all these other gods that in the moment they're, they're crying out to and nothing's happening. And I know that there's been times in my life where, I, man, I've just like been looking under every other rock to try to like solve a problem and, and try to figure out like, man, like how am I gonna get through this? And, 
and there's this there's this thought about like there's there's situations all around us where where people are asking this question and like I'm I understand that I'm perishing and I need the God that would solve this to notice me. And in this moment God is like showing these sailors that have done nothing to to justify God's attention or or God's provision and God's reaching out to them and and he's saving them from the storm and 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 I think that through through our lives while we're being obedient and whether we're in a stage where we're where we're feeling like we're close to God or not that that God would show us people around us that he's loved that he's seeking this has been the the story since the dawn of time for for what God's done this is the story since the garden of eden for the reason for sending his son, the reason uh, that, that he would work through apostles and prophets and shepherds and kings would be to, to, to send the good news of who he is to people who are lost, to people who, who aren't experiencing that love and, and, and that safety that, that we get to enjoy and, and be comfortable to a certain extent in. And I feel like God is saying that, that I'm not calling you to a plan without there being a purpose in it. That, that the, the reason why he's calling us to be uncomfortable, the reason why he's, he's, he's needing our obedience and to lay down what we, what we our preconceived notions about something or, or the, the certain things that we're like, uh, that those are the boundaries of what we'll give to God. Because Jonah had, had these boundaries and they were geographical, Right? Like there was a certain extent to which he was willing to be obedient to God. And, and the thing that was going to come up that was going to shape generations to come and save multitudes of people was, was outside of the boundaries that he had set for God. And I genuinely feel like there's going to be things that we talk about in the next three weeks that are going to be a little bit outside of what your boundary is. And the purpose behind that is because there's people that are lost, that are outside of what our comfort zone is. And I feel like God is saying it's, it's so worth it for me that you would do this, that I'm willing to put you in uncomfortable positions and I'm willing to ask of you things that, that you're not wanting to give up and you're not wanting to do. Like sometimes following God isn't just fun, you know? But it's never uh, returns void. There's never a point where after we're obedient to God, we say, God, I wish that I hadn't have done that, you know? There's never a time where, uh, where we're serving God and then afterwards uh, we're like, you know, God, like I really wish that I hadn't like talked to that person about you or I really wish that I hadn't served that person or loved on that person. Like every time we step out in faith and do what God's called us to do, he shows us that he has purpose behind it. And he shows us that there's a reason we're called to that. And if we just bow our heads this morning, I, I, I really feel like God's calling us this morning to, to have to purposefully ask ourselves the question of, of what boundaries we're actually setting up. What, what are the places that are outside of what we're comfortable doing, of what we're comfortable being in obedience to him, what we're, what we're not willing to let go. The guy we would say, I would serve you and I would follow you right up until this water's edge. Beyond that, God, I, I just don't know if uh, that's, that's something that I can, can handle. And, and God would say that there is something for you beyond your boundaries that is gonna surpass your wildest expectations. 
And you can stay where you're at if you want, or you could head to Tarshish, but, but he would plead with you and he would say, there's, there, there's a reason, there's a, there's a price that's being paid so that you can walk into what you're called to do. So God, I just, I just pray, God, as, as we just sit with you in this, Lord, that, that as, we, as we ask you, God, would you just reveal those things to us? And God, maybe it's, it's during the part of being obedient where we find out, oh, apparently I do have a boundary right here. And God, I pray that, that you would bring this to mind. God, that we would understand that, that, that what you've called us to is worth stepping out of our comfort zone. And that that first act of obedience, God, is making way for you to show us the purpose of the plan that you set us out to. And God, that this week you would just, you would just continue to place it on our hearts, God, a, just a, um, an expectation, God, for what you have for us for these next three weeks, Jesus. God, that we would grow closer to you and we would, we would grow more in touch with what you've called us to do and what, who you've called us to be, Jesus. God, I pray just um, continued protection, Lord, over all of us today, God, uh, over sickness, God, over discouragement, over anything the enemy would bring, uh, bring up that would, that would try to distract us or that would try to, to take us away from the direction that you're calling us to, God. God, we thank you, Lord, that, that you notice us. And God, through you, we will not perish. God, that you would hold us up with your strong hand. We thank you, Lord, and we thank you for this community of believers that we can stand together with, that we can lean on when times get tough, and, and that we can cheer on when we, when we see people stepping out in obedience and, and running the race that you've called us to, God. God, would you be with us this week, and we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys. I really am excited for everything that God's wanting to do in your lives in this next season. He's got some good stuff. If you if you get to the point where you're kind of like, yeah, Paul, like I, I understand what you're saying and, and I want to be obedient, but there's something in me I, I can't hear. I, I can't hear the voice of God. I've tried before. It doesn't work for me. Would you, would you call our church? Would you email us? Would you set up a time with one of us that we could sit down and we can have that conversation with you and we can talk about, you know, what it means to like, uh, talk to God and to hear from God. We've got podcasts and our archives about it. Um, but man, if you'd like to like have a conversation with one of us, uh, whether it's over the phone, um, whatever it is, like we, we would love to part of it. We're excited with what God's going to do. And we want to make sure that any, uh, anything that would be in the way from that, that we just go and take care of that. Sound good? Awesome. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Yeah. See you later.